Hey everyone, welcome to the Business Minded Sports Physio Podcast. My name is Brian Schwabe, board certified sports physical therapist, entrepreneur, and co-founder of The Student Physical Therapist. I worked with elite athletes for over a decade and currently serve as the director of IO Sports Therapy, working side-by-side -side with high-performance coaches, MNFL and NBA skills trainers, and sports agents on a daily basis. I'm also an author, sports medicine consultant, course creator, speaker, and counselor sports therapist, traveling with professional athletes and celebrities. I created this podcast to share my experience as a sports physical therapist and entrepreneur so that I could give you everything you need to know to cash in on your passions, monetize your expertise, and create your own career Super Bowl. With that in mind, welcome to the podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about the five things you must do when working with professional athletes. So the reason why I wanted to talk about this particular topic today is because I've had so many people reach out to me over the years and ask me, how do I start working with professional athletes? What do I do when I start working with professional athletes to keep them? And how have you worked with so many professional athletes for such a long time? So this particular topic is really close to me. I've had a lot of questions from young clinicians, clinicians that are experienced or just coming out of residency, and even clinicians my age or students asking these same questions. And I think there's really five keys that you need to know in order to be successful with professional athletes and also gain a reputation amongst professional athletes. So with that in mind, let's dive right into that and talk about the five things you must do when working with professional athletes. So number one, ask them and listen to their problem. Number two, get to know them as a person. Number three, learn who the stakeholders are. Number four, be available. And number five, don't be a fan. So Let's dive into each one of those specifically and break all those down. So number one, ask them and listen to their problems. So what do I mean by that, right? And I emphasize the listen part because it's so, so crucial when you're working with professional athletes or really anybody, but especially when working with professional athletes. So oftentimes in a subjective, we're asking about, you know, really questions, what we want to know for, about them, what they're coming in with, what their problem is. But really, you have to listen beyond that, right? You need to figure out with each one of those professional athletes, what exactly are they looking for, right? What, what, is, what are they coming in for, for? Why are they coming in to see you? And what can you do for them, right? So if you're listening enough to these professional athletes, then what's going to happen is you're going to be able to tailor your skill set and your services to their needs. Because I promise you, if they want to come in and they want and feel like they need manual therapy, for example, even if you don't think that they need manual therapy, if you're not going to give it to them, they're going to go see somebody else. You're not going to keep them around. And that's because you're not meeting their expectations, right? And you're not able to build trust and, and some you know ability to work with them early on in that process. So early on, you have to listen to what they're saying. You have to ask questions. You have to dive really deep into these conversations with these professional athletes so you can really have a clear understanding from both parties what do we actually want out of this? What are we trying to solve? What problem are we trying to solve? And it's for your client, right? So each professional athlete that you see, you have to ask them questions to really get to know what their problem is and what they're looking for, what their idea of success is. If you don't ask that up front, your idea of success and their idea of success might be two different things. And you might think that there's one path you need to take and a blueprint you need to lay out, but it might be something completely different than what they're thinking about doing and what they think they actually need. So really ask questions, listen to them, 
and figure out what their problem is and how your services and your skill set can match what they're looking for. And then you can start to build out that blueprint and start to give them some of your own opinion over time. So that's the first key to success. Now, the second one is getting to know them as a person. Now, I know we've heard that before, right? Treat them like humans, like, you know, th those buzzwords of, you know, they're just people, all those things. And that's great. And I, I understand that. And that's partly what I mean. But what I also mean is just get to know them like you would with anybody else. Because if you understand what makes them tick, what they're going on, what they're going through in life, you know, what they're all about, what, you know, type of personality they have, your relationship with that particular professional athlete is going to grow and it's going to get better. And it's also going to help your clinical care because you're able to tailor the way you speak to each professional athlete. Let me use an example of that. So if you're actually working with professional athletes who, you know, are, let's say, really serious about what they're trying to get accomplished, they're, they're just attacking that rehab, you're going to talk to them a little bit different than someone who's, let's say, a young rookie or a younger, you know, professional athlete that's really worried about this particular surgery, maybe that they just came off of and wondering what it's going to mean for their career. Right. So your tone of voice, the way you're going to present information to that person is going to be different. But if you don't get to know them by letting them talk to you over time or just building trust so that they feel open to having conversations with you, then you're never going to be able to figure out the best way to go about actually working with them and applying what you know to their particular situation, right? So the best thing you can do in those situations is just listen to what they're saying, right? Don't talk about yourself. Talk talk to them about them if they want to. Some people just want to put headphones in, get their work in, and, and get out. And do that then, right? Respect them. But also know when to draw that line to take authority and say, hey, listen, you know, we got to get this part done today. They can put their headphones back on. You give them the cues. They go right back to it. Figuring out who they are as a person is going to really help you be successful and get their trust and, and allow them to feel comfortable with you. So that's the second key. The third key to success is learning who the stakeholders are. Now, what do I mean by stakeholders? If you haven't heard that term before, stakeholders are basically anybody that's going to influence their circle, right? Could be a professional or it could be a, a sports agent, could be a physician, could be the team physician, could be the team PT, could be a significant other, a friend, could be another strength conditioning coach, another clinician. By the way, if you think you're the only clinician, you might not be in that particular scenario. So you need to learn that. All of these things are so, so crucial to the process. And they're crucial for multiple reasons. Number one, if you get to know who the stakeholders are, you know who you have to communicate with. So let's say on the first or second session, you're asking that professional athlete, hey, is there anybody else that uh, you know, you're working with at the moment that you want me to reach out to or that I have your permission to reach out to so that I can make sure we're all on the same page and that I can just kind of give them an update with what I'm going to be doing with you so that I don't necessarily double up or I can maybe help them or they can help me in this process. So let's say, for example, that the professional athlete that just came off an ACL surgery is working with a private strength coach. So they're going to want to go work out with that private strength coach. And in this case, that actually could be really beneficial for their rehab. But if you don't know who they are and you don't ask that question, now you're not now you're not in a good position to be able to actually figure out what that person's doing or have a conversation when you could have enhanced their program. So in that case, what I would do is I would ask that professional athlete, hey, could I get that contact information for your private strength coach, have a conversation with them, kind of give them an update on what I'm going to be doing, if that's okay with you. 
And then a lot of cases are like, oh, that'd be great. That'd be, uh, you know, amazing. Just go ahead and connect with them. And then if you do connect with that strength coach, you're going to, you know, have a conversation with them, tell them what your thought process is, you know, ask them what their thought process is, because chances are they have a nice relationship with that athlete already. You can learn some things as well. That goes back to key number two, getting to know them as a person. And then also, if you tell them what you're doing, you're not doubling up. You're actually probably enhancing that entire blueprint of that program for that athlete. Furthermore, let's say that you explain something to a a strength coach or another clinician that they're kind of working with at the same time. And one of those people is really not that receptive to what you're saying. They kind of want to do their own thing. Well, that also is a a great opportunity for you to tell the professional athlete and say, Hey, you know, I connected with uh, your private strength coach or your other clinician, you know, kind of let them know what I was thinking. Um, You know, let me know when you have conversation with them, if they're open to that. And uh, you know, these are the reasons why I think we need to go this route. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm open to hearing more discussions. So have that conversation with your private strength coach. I, I you know, it's not, it seemed like he was open to, but I, I wasn't really sure. Uh, let me know what you think. This way, if something down the line is not going right, and that person that you're also working with is not really working with you or the athlete, the athlete's going to see that in their own conclusion. You're not bashing the other person, saying, "Oh, I told them not to do this." You're, you're trying to work with them, but it's not always going to happen. There are egos that are always involved. Unfortunately, when you're working with professional athletes and the people around them, but it allows you to have that fluidity of conversation and really just understand, hey, listen, I'm trying to reach out. I'm trying to do this. You know, maybe that pro athlete can actually reach them and say, hey, this is how we're going to do it. And then furthermore, going back to what we talked about in the beginning, if you want to gain a strong reputation with professional athletes, guess what? The stakeholders are a great networking tool for you, right? If you're reaching out to those stakeholders, that is your network now. Now you're expanding your network. Let's use another example. That professional athlete is going to have a sports agent. Ask to speak with that sports agent so that you have their contact information if you're not doing that already. You can update the sports agent. You can give them information. You can add value to them. And then when you do a really, really good job, what you can do then is reach out to them again and say, hey, listen, I loved working with so-and-so. Uh, if you ever need some somebody to work with your athletes, again, I'd be more than happy to or after you do a really good job, they're going to remember your name anyways. And if they have somebody else that they need that needs reliable rehab, they know who to call because they're going to remember that outcome. So now you're expanding your network by using the same method of helping that athlete by getting to know the stakeholders. So that's the third key. The fourth key, be available. This one, in my opinion, is probably the most important thing. And I think this is where a lot of people don't really take the time that they should to spend the time and be available. What I mean by that is you're going to have to work weekends. You're going to have to go in at weird hours. You're going to have to stay longer. You're going to have to answer that text message or pick up that phone call late at night, early in the morning, in the middle of the day, on your break, you know, constantly. If you're not doing those things or you're thinking, oh, well, it's the weekend, you know, they can wait till Monday. Well, somebody else is going to do it. Okay. And if you're not doing that, then now you're not as reliable. And more importantly, you're not all in. And if you want to build a reputation of being someone that is a go-to person for professional athletes, just as important as your clinical skills is, is your ability to be available, trustworthy, reliable, and going above and beyond. Because I promise you, if you don't do it, somebody else will. I am always, always available. I'm never off the clock with that because that is important to me. I want to go above and beyond, right? If I need to go on a weekend, no problem. I'll go in on a weekend. I don't care if it's a work comp patient, a cash patient. I don't care if it's just checking in on somebody. 
I'm going to go in to do it. I'm going to go meet somebody to make sure that I do the right thing. I'm going to make that phone call to that doctor, that sports agent, the team, and talk to the pro athlete all at the same time, no matter how much time it takes, no matter what day it is, no matter what time it is. If you don't do those things, you cannot expect to keep a strong relationship with professional athletes or those stakeholders because somebody else will do it. So furthermore, if you're always available, you're going to increase your reliability. They're going to have more trust in you. They're going to have a perceived ability to think that you really care because you do. If you're showing up, you care, All right. If you don't show up, it doesn't mean you don't care, but it, it means that, you know, if you are showing up constantly and you're doing the extra above and beyond things, you really show you care above and beyond. And I really think that so many clinicians do not want to make that sacrifice because that's what it is. It's a sacrifice away from your own time, away from family time, away from friends, away from doing something else. So the fourth key, be available. That will make you successful. Finally, the fifth key, don't be a fan. Okay, what do I mean by that, right? It doesn't mean that you can't you know, enjoy yourself with that particular professional athlete or if they ask you to go to a game, you, it doesn't mean you can't go, right? It just means the first week, the first month, the initial time that you're working with them, be all about service. You're a healthcare professional. Help the athlete, help the client in front of you, right? And furthermore, that means treat everybody the same, right? If I'm in the clinic right now, I'm treating the professional athlete and the guy right next to him the same exact way. Yeah, maybe I got to spend a little bit more time with that professional athlete, but it doesn't mean I'm ignoring the person next to them. It doesn't mean that I'm, you know, really just asking a ton of questions about like their life, their lifestyle, anything like that. I'm just being normal with them. That's my personality. My personality is going to be as authentic as possible, but I'm going to try to meet their expectations as well, right? If they want to talk to me about certain things, I'll be open to it. But if it's, you know, a professional athlete that I'm a huge fan of, they have no idea that I am a fan of them in that first month or so. If it, if they ask me or if they bring it up, then sure, I'll be honest with them. I'll, you know, otherwise they have no idea. I'm not asking for autographs. I'm not asking for things. I never ask for things ever because I'm there to serve the client. That is what healthcare is. And more importantly, if you take that approach, you will build a clientele list and you will have more and more exposure to this because you're building trust and reliability, especially these days. If you are able to do that and not be a fan, over time you will develop a good relationship with that athlete, the people around them, and maybe even a friendship. And then when you are a fan, it's not awkward, right? It's just one of those things that is just an extension of that relationship, okay? So don't be a fan. Those are so crucial. All right, so those are the five things that I think you must do when working with professional athletes. If you do these keys, I promise you, you'll have success over time with athletes and be able to build that network up so you can get more athletes, right? From sports agents, doctors, you know, professional athletes themselves, teammates, your work will show for it. So that's a wrap for today's episode of the Business Mind and Sports Physio Podcast. If you like this stuff, please subscribe, reach out to your friends, send it to your friends, send links, check us out on our TSPT YouTube page. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Insider Access. We dive all into this stuff on a daily and weekly basis. See you next week.